Welcome to EIS Connect, a podcast from EIS dedicated to connecting the people we serve. Hi there, and thank you for joining the EIS Connect podcast. Today we're going to be talking about magnet wire, specifically how to determine the right magnet wire for your motor repair application. I am Lindsay Hartman, Product Manager for Electrical Solutions here at EIS, and I am joined by the perfect guest for today's topic uh, from Ray MagnetWire, EIS's longtime partner supplying magnet wire to the electrical apparatus and motor repair industries. Uh, we have Corey Furtz, Marketing and Technical Sales Manager. So Corey, first, I just want to say thank you for your time and for helping us discuss copper conductors and all of their various shapes, sizes, and installations. Thank you, Lindsay. I'm glad to be here. I think uh, to start out, we'll just want to start with the basics. So can you give us an overview of the most popular magnet wire used for motors and motor repair? In motor repair, generally we're seeing the NEMA MW35C magnet wire, which is a 200-degree rated product that has a polyester base coat and a polyamidimid top coat. Um, there's really multiple variations of MW35, but really it boils down to two main types, inverter duty magnet wire or non-inverter duty magnet wire. The non-inverter duty magnet wire is the Ray product is super high slick 200. It's called TAI or HTAI uh, by a lot of people. And it's good for everyday applications. It's very abrasion resistant, moisture resistant, resistant to chemicals. It can be used in virtually all non non-inverter duty applications. But close to 70% of all the round wire that we sell into motor repair is inverter duty product, which is the Ray Nano Shield. And it's very similar construction. It's still MW35C product, but in between the base coat and the top coat, there's a third insulation added, which is a shield coat, which helps prevent damage to the motor from voltage spikes that are seen with inverters. So it's, it's a really similar product, but you're just going to have that extra layer of protection. Yes. It's a, and on the inverter duty product, what we see is generally in motor repair, customers will standardize on either an all inverter duty wire or non-inverter duty wire. The inverter duty wire is a price premium because it's a higher graded product, but on all the applications that are non-inverter duty motor, or non-inverter run, uh, inverter duty motor, the nano shield or inverter duty wire can be used in any application, whether it's a field coil or armature, winding a random wound armature, you can use the inverter duty product in that just like you could the non-inverter. So like I said, about 70% of all of our wire, round wire that's sold into motor repair is inverter duty, and that's what a lot of people standardize on. Because the extra protection is always going to be helpful, even if you're not running an inverter duty wire or inverter duty motor. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's not going to hurt anything. And and also, if you just standardize on inverter duty, then you don't have to stock two different types of, of wire. Which makes perfect sense. Now, I know we have builds on the wire. So sometimes we specify, you know, the, the single build, heavy build. Are there any, is there anything else that you'll see out there as far as the build of the insulation? Yeah, pretty much uh, NEMA, NEMA designates the different builds by dimensions and 
the standard inverter duty wire is a uh, is considered a heavy build. There's also single build, um, which we rarely sell into motor repair. There's also on a few occasions we can go up to like a quad build, which is four times. To the customer specification, we can build any type of build product, but the standard is, is heavy build, but in some cases we do sell quad build or heavier build magnet wire into motor repair. I know we've mentioned NEMA multiple times here. So real briefly with NEMA, National Electrical Manufacturers Association, they set up kind of these classifications that refer to a set of standards for the magnet wire uh, and other products as well. Um, but you must meet these standards to, to work in a different application. So when we say MW35C, you know, it has to meet the, the 200 degree thermal rating. It has to have the polyaminated top coat that you mentioned with a polyester base coat. Are there any other standards that you sometimes see when you're working in motor repair? Yeah, NEMA, like on Square and Rec wire, the MW35C uh, equivalent for Square and Rec is MW36C. But uh, there's also like MW80 is a common magnet wire, which is a solderable. We do see that in some, in some motor repair applications, but not a lot. Where you also see other types of insulations would be like an ML, which is a 140 degree product, or yeah. there's even 220 degree products. We can supply, we have a full product catalog, mm -hmm. even though the standard at NEMA MW35C covers by far the majority of it. There are other NEMA classifications and wires that we can supply. They're okay. just not that common in, in the repair business. Right. But that NEMA rating is something that people hear pretty frequently to, to refer to a classification of wire. Yes. Got it. Um, and you mentioned it briefly a little bit about shaped magnet wire. Yeah, squares and rectangulars. Um, these are mainly the majority of what we sell in square and rectangulars aren't sold directly to the motor repair facilities. Mm -hmm. um, they're sold to the coil manufacturers um, who, who form the large stator coils and armature coils that are then sold into the motor repair industry. And the, on the square and rack, it's like I said, it's similar to the round wire where the standard product that's stocked by EIS and Ray is, uh, is a 200 degree enamel wire that uh, has a polyester base coat and polyamidin and top coat. That, that's commonly referred to as HTAI or TAI. The Ray, Ray trade name for that is Thermamid, but uh, similar to uh, the round wire, it's kind of the standard 200 degree product, even though there is a 220 degree, there's a 240 degree product to ML. And we can also add uh, mix change the top coat percentages to give better abrasion resistance on the, the square and rectangular and, and the round wire. And just uh, making sure I understand the difference between going from round to a shaped core or to a shaped wire is to be able to wind the coil tighter to get more copper in there uh, just because of the way it will butt up against each other. When you switch from a 460 volt system up to a medium volt, a 4160 or 2300 volt, generally the motor manufacturers switch from a random wound with round wire to a square or rec primarily a rectangular wire to fill the slots. And that's where you see the rectangular wire on the medium volt or high voltage. And I know, especially when we're dealing with the shaped wire, we also have a lot of you know, additional tapes and insulation that can go over either a bare or an enamel product. 
Um, I, you can see them with rounds, but I think the, the squares and rectangulars are where you're going to find it the most. Am I right there? Yeah, I, I know a lot of motor repair facilities also uh, repair transformers. Mm -hmm. You know, when it, in their transformers, we, we add tape insulation a lot of times, um, either paper crepe or Nomex over the wire. For the motor repair industry, we really don't see the, the Nomex or paper crepe. We generally see a glass day glass put over either bare wire or uh, an enameled wire. And the, what the glass does is it does add some electrical properties to it and boosts that, but really it's for abrasion resistance and for the tough applications for traction motors, generators, it really adds, it beefs up the wire. So you're looking at durability when you're going for a day glass wrapped wire. Yeah, primarily durability. It, you're not generally, unless you're putting it over bare, you're not going to improve the thermals of the wire. Straight glass, untreated glass, is only rated for 155 degrees C. But when you add glass, it really adds for the abrasion. It makes it a much more tougher, tougher wire. I do know when we look at day glass, there are a lot of options, a lot of different configurations. Can we talk a little bit? We've already mentioned day glass over bare or over an existing enamel. Can we talk about the variations within the day glass itself? Yeah, that, that's actually something that, that comes up a lot. A lot of people don't or forget, specify what type of day glass that, that they need when they send in a quote request to us. And we always have to go back and ask questions. <laughs> there's really, there's four types of, of day glass out there that gray magnet wire supplies. There's an untreated or unvarnished day glass that is straight glass that's rated for 155. There's an epoxy treated glass uh, that where the glass tape is injected with an epoxy binder. Um, that's rated for 155 also. Probably the most common, the polyester treated day glass is rated for 180 degrees C. And then there's, a, it's not very common, but there is a silicone treated day glass that's rated for uh, 200 degrees C. So when we, uh, when we receive quote requests, um, there's generally three things that, that we, three pieces of information we need to uh, quote day glass. One is, is it single glass or is it double glass, uh, which specifies how much glass we're putting on it? Is it over bare wire or is it over uh, TAI or an ML or over an enamel insulation? And uh, what type of glass do you need, untreated or treated? And if it is treated, what, what type of treatment, polyester, epoxy, or silicone? The most common configuration that we sell is a bare wire with a polyester, with a polyester treated day glass over it. That makes up the majority of the day glass wire we sell. But we also sell quite a bit uh, into the motor repair industry. We also sell a lot of untreated day glass over TAI or the MW36 wire. That those are the two most common configurations. But when when you request day glass covered wire, we're always going to need those three pieces of information to be able to supply the wire to what you need. Yeah. So there are a lot of configurations, but you know, obviously going along with that. There are a lot of options to fit specific needs for the customer, depending on, on the exact qualities that they need. Yes. Perfect. We do have one more insulation type that I wanted to ask you about, also where I know there are a lot of different configurations or, or ways to put this together. But I think it's an important one for us to mention, especially for the small motors, a bondable wire. How does that change what we've been talking about? 
Well, in bondable wire, honestly, we don't sell a lot of bondable wire into motor repair facilities. Bondable, bondable wire, the purpose of why people use bondable wire is it eliminates the need for adding a secondary insulation through a dip and bake process or some other type of process. So where we see a lot of bondable wire used are in mainly in small motors, manufacturers use it who don't want to deal with the environmental considerations of having a dip and bake or a varnish treatment because it, I mean that's the purpose of it process times speed of of use not having to uh, have the the dip and bake process okay. but for motor re- motor repair like I said we don't sell a lot of bondable wire into motor repair mainly because every stator that is being used with bondable wire is unique within itself you know, there's three different, there's three methods that are used to activate or cure the bondable wire. You can apply like through a wet winding process, some type of solvent like alcohol, or there's several different kinds depending on the type of top coat, but um, you, can, you can solve it, act, activate it. You can, you can bake it in an oven to a certain temperature and it will activate the, the bond coat, or you can thermally heat it by applying current to it that will activate the bond coat. And the cure time on all the stators are unique within themselves because of the amount of wire, the amount of density and the, that require it to cure and reach a full cure are different based on, on the makeup of the stator. So in a motor repair facility where everything's different every single day, getting a proper cure using bondable wire on a, say a NEMA T-frame mush wound motor it's going to be difficult. So in my opinion, or what we see is for NEMA, you know, T-frame motors, say 180 frame and above, mush wound, yeah, bondable wire is generally not a good solution. It will not replace a, a dip and bake cycle in a motor repair shop. Yeah. So you want to use the bondable wire when you have something that's repeatable, smaller, something that you're going to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, that, that's where our customer base who buys a lot of bondable wire from us, they, they're making small motors. They have their processes dialed in, um, and they're doing the same thing over and over again. They know how to cure every specific stator that they're that they're making, where um, the random variation of the, the repair business makes it uh, difficult to use. Like I say, you're not going to replace a dip and bake cycle on a you know, a 440, 449T frame motor with a bondable wire and think you're going to be able to get rid of your dip tank. <laughs> it's not going to work. Perfect. So maybe a lot like, you know, using the inverter duty, even when it's not 100% called for, you know, relying on that dip and bake or the VPI, it just adds additional protection to whatever you're doing through your motor repair shop. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Did I miss any of the key points about magnet wire that's going into motor repair. Anything else that you want to add in that you think that that we're missing out on? The other thing that I would add is, you know, as far as stock standard wire, mm-hmm. um, you know, EIS does a great job of uh, carrying inventory for Ray across the country. But anything that's out of the ordinary, like if you need a special build, if you have a special, if you have an application where you're, you're having difficulties or repeated failures, we're willing to work with you. We, we can change and give special wire for any specific application to meet your needs. Perfect. And that's why we love working with Ray. Obviously, you guys have a lot of technical expertise 
and it and it helps the EIS team really go out and serve that market with any you know any oddball or, or one-off things that they might need just to to have that technical reliance to go back to we appreciate it very much well we appreciate you too thank you I think we reviewed a lot of great high-level information here uh, obviously you know we both know how important it is to choose the right magnet wire and the teams at EIS and Ray are here to help you figure out whatever is best for your individual process and application. So if you have more questions or you need more information, please visit our website at www.eis-inc.com. Uh, I know I have a lot of additional questions about MagnetWire that I'm interested in hearing about. So we're going to put Corey on the spot uh, and ask him to come back, uh, maybe bring some additional members of the Ray team and help us learn a little bit more about how Planet Wire is manufactured, maybe the products that go into transformer manufacturing next. I think there's a lot of opportunities for us to have some additional discussions. So thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you, Corey, for your expertise and your time. Uh, and we will look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to EIS Connect. Please check us out on the web at eis-inc.com where we have more resources of information. And if you heard about any solutions during our podcast and would like to reach out to us, you can find contact info on our website as well.